0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN radio.
1: We have spent time this week talking about the window for the Buffalo bills and how long it is open right now. There's another window that is shrinking a bit and that window belongs to the San Francisco 49ers. You know, you look across the board in San Francisco and they are exceptionally fortunate that they are on that rookie contract right now with Brock Purdy, that they were able to rid themselves of Trey Lance and move on there and be able to hand out this money in other places so that they could be in this position. Yet we watch what's going on and we come out of this past weekend not feeling nearly as good about San Francisco. Injuries, yes. Purdy, in a big way, yes. Not feeling as good about that. Like, we were legitimately talking about being an MVP this year, and now that just seems like a ridiculous conversation that we had at different points.
2: Well, he was on the, he's the quarterback on the best team in the NFL at certain times. And his numbers were solid and the offense was scoring a lot of points. So naturally when all of those criteria are satisfied, you're going to look to that individual and say, why isn't this an MVP candidate? And then that led to the discussion of, well, is he a system guy, all the talent around him, all that stuff. It does seem ridiculous given some of the quarterback play we watched this past weekend And then his quarterback play, in which he was missing wide-open receivers all over the field. And if I'm San Francisco, my two biggest concerns over the next couple games are, number one, whether or not the moment is too big for him. Because when the moment gets big, he seems to get a little antsy. Like you'd expect a young, inexperienced quarterback to get. He was young and antsy in that Cincinnati game. If you go back and remember, when Cincinnati started putting it on the Niners, Purdy looked as out of water as we've seen him since he joined the NFL, and he looked like that by and large for a big portion of that Green Bay game. He missed a lot of wide open wide receivers in that matchup, a lot of them. San Francisco caught some breaks late, they made a couple plays, and they found a way to win. My concerns would be whether or not Purdy can handle the big stage should they get into another really tightly contested matchup. And the defense, because that secondary is not up to snuff. And that defense overall is overrated. So we've got a big matchup with Detroit this weekend. But when you talk about the Niner window, George Kittle, average annual value, highest paid tight end in the business. Christian McCaffrey, average annual value, highest paid running back in the business. Debo Samuel is not cheap. Trent Williams is not cheap. Nick Bosa is not cheap. They are spending money all over the place. The Brandon Iu contract's coming up. He is extremely valuable to what they do on offense, right? And as you look around, Fred Warner at linebacker, Dre Greenlaw at linebacker, they've got issues in the secondary. They've got some issues on the offensive line. They've got some issues with the interior defensive line and the fact that Javon Kinlaw never really panned out. They're going to have some big decisions they have to make. Eventually the finances are going to catch up with this team. And eventually some of these stars are going to get older, throw in the natural evolution of injuries year in and year out. It's like I've been saying for Kyle Shanahan all year, if not now, when, because you're never going to have a better year than right now to go out there and win this thing. Yeah. And
1: the problem is, is that it kind of feels like it's coming apart a little bit at the seams, doesn't it? Like getting out of this past weekend, If we're being truthful, they were pretty fortunate to
2: get out of it. Shanahan didn't do a good job. He did not do a good job in that game. Anyone Um, can point to Debo, but the thing is, I don't want to hear that crap. Because you have Ayuk, McCaffrey, and Kittle. You've got plenty of weapons to go make plays.
1: And you know what? Juwan Jennings is not a bad receiver. That guy makes plays too. He's been there for years for a reason. Yes. So I don't want to hear about Debo being, they cannot win the game without Debo. Like, if that just, to me, speaks to a weakness of a particular team. What I do want to see, though, is can they overcome all of these kind of injuries that they've had in this situation against a team... We have seen this before, Joe. A, a team that really feels like they are hitting their stride and has a lot of momentum going into this NFC Championship game. Ooh. I mean, they have got... You talk about the juju. They've got the juju right now.
2: They got the confidence. Yeah. Like, you know that Detroit's landing there, and they're just looking around. They're just looking for a fight. Like, that's what Dan Campbell's got with that team right now. Everyone's looking for a fight. Speaking of which, I've never seen a human being try to physically fight something like a fourth down, like Dan Campbell tries to fight fourth downs. Like Dan Campbell's actively looking to get into a fist fight with fourth down. It's not possible. You can't fist fight fourth down. It doesn't exist in physical form. But goodness gracious, that guy versus fourth down is something else. But they're coming in, house money, nothing to lose. That team's playing loose. Concerns for Detroit are very simple. Jared Goff home road splits, very different. Jared Goff indoors, outdoors, Very different. He's going home. Marin County kid, played his college football at California. This is his home. That's who he grew up rooting for in the San Francisco 49ers. The opportunity to go there and put it on them. I'll tell you, the Niners need to get a lead in this game because playing from behind has been problematic. Did you see that stat going into the fourth quarter during the broadcast? I had no idea. It said Shanahan went trailing by five or more points as the head coach of the Niners. They were like 0-30. Yeah. 0-30. Oh, yep. Now, they came back to win that game, but you're telling me prior to that point, with all the oh. talent Shanahan's had in San Francisco, not one time they were trailing by, oh, I don't know, six points at the start of the fourth where they could come back and win? Well, but this is what we were talking about last
1: week. You made the point. They're not built to come back. No. But isn't it
2: absurd for that to be the case with all the weapons you just mentioned? It's philosophical. What works so well for them because of the quarterback they have, is that you have no idea what they're going to do when they're playing from in front. They can run the ball very effectively, but then they use the running game to set up the play action. And with the play action, they can hit any number of weapons over the middle, and they can bait linebackers into jumping the run. When they're playing from behind, and the opposition knows they need to throw, the threat of play action no longer carries the significance that it would when playing with the lead. As a result, you're not getting duped for all the misdirection and motion because you know they're throwing the football. And then the defensive line can pin its ears back and get after the quarterback while the secondary can sit back anticipating the pass. That's where it starts to tighten up. That's where Kyle's play calling starts to tighten up as well. And then when you need to lean on that Niner defense, let's just say this unit this year isn't the unit we've seen in previous iterations.
1: Don't forget, playoff preview with the pros airs
2: this weekend. You guys are doing a great job with that, by the way. I appreciate that. You guys it's are fun- doing a great job. You, Canty, Harry Douglas, a fantastic threesome. Look at you. Treesome, threesome, or trio. I combine the two. Treesome. <laughs> you guys doing this from up in the tree? Uh, no. Trio House? trendsetter. Yeah, that's <laughs> going to catch it, on. Kind of
1: makes it sound a little creepier um all weekend long we have got playoff preview with the pros to get you ready for championship sunday it is me canty harry douglas do not forget carlin versus joe espn radio presented by progressive insurance joe at progressive they're making things easier Hmm. we're going to help you bundle your home and your car insurance together so you can save on both learn more at progressive.com or at 1-800-progressor progressive Now I'm doing what you do. It's a tough segment. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. The head coach might be returning, but there are major changes coming to one NFL staff. More today. It's next. Carlin, Joe, you, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
2: (laughs)
0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: The Eagles have not just been beaten. They have been just brought to the knees by the Tampa Bay Bucks.
0: You see what the team was, and you see how the team ended in the slide that we have. So it's very frustrating. They said all the right things, but you can tell they weren't feeling it. And it was obvious when they came out here and took the field.
1: Well, first it was Sean Desai out, the defensive coordinator, and now Brian Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Eagles, out. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. So they're making wholesale changes despite the fact that Nick Sirianni is coming back. They're going to have their press conference end of the season press conference tomorrow talking about these changes. We heard yesterday that Ron Rivera was going to interview for the defensive coordinator job. So I was listening to some Philly radio this morning, as I want to do, just up the road, and there is a lot of talk about a combination of Wink Martindale and Jim Bob Cooter. That's who they want in Philly today to be their new coordinators. Wink Martindale, I could kind of see. Like, defensively, you can't argue with the job that he has done over the years. For as long as he was in Baltimore, got away from a little bit with the Giants, but I absolutely think... Uh, he would be a good way to go, but it speaks to the larger issue with the Philadelphia Eagles: is this going to be easy enough that if they do want to fire Nick Sirianni during the year, next year they've got their interim coach in Rivera. If they bring him in and then go from there, I personally, I, I would give Nick Sirianni another opportunity but I don't want to give him an opportunity where he's looking over his shoulder every
2: single week. Now. That is exactly what's going to happen here. That's exactly what's going to happen because you're not just interviewing coordinators. You're you're interviewing not just interims. Like Rivera can be an interim, but Rivera would never get the job at the end of the year. Rivera's already right. had enough head coaching jobs. I think we're done with that era of his career. Mm-hmm. But if you want to bring in someone like a Jim Bob Cooter, who's never been a head coach in the NFL, who – Should things go south for the Eagles, but the offense seems to be back on track and you get rid of Sirianni, you're now elevating this individual to the audition role, not just interim head coach, auditioning for the full-time head coaching role. And if you're Sirianni, I don't know if you have any say over what's going to happen in the next few weeks here in terms of who's getting hired because you need to protect your job. And I don't know if it's going to be as simple as let's find the best guys for the job or – Let's find guys that are really good, but guys that won't necessarily be after my job. Because if you're coming in, you got to be thinking you got a shot at the head job should things go south, right? Like, am I reading too deep into this? No. This is the world we know. Sirianni's coming back, and from the moment they announce it officially tomorrow, his seat is on fire, and everyone's going to be waiting for the slip-up. He has no, no, no goodwill from the Super Bowl last year is left. It all got flushed in one season. He needs to build that all back up.
1: You can't imagine that the hire on both coordinators is going to be up
2: to Sirianni, correct? I would imagine he'll have some input, but whether or not that input is listened to is where it gets interesting. I think he's coming back and it's like, look, you're 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 doing what we say. We're hiring these guys, and if we don't like what happens, you're going to be the one out the door.
1: I think if you're Sirianni at this point, You don't have a whole lot of choices. No. But you have to figure out a way that you can come up with answers. as to, Like, I want to know what the answers were that saved his job. Like, what was the plan that you went into Jeff Lurie with and said, this is how we're going to fix what's going on? Because during the season, he had no answers. No answers whatsoever as to how that all fell apart. And there are different things you can do during the year. But, like, I, I really want to know. I've heard it was Nick's decision to fire Desai midseason or at least to modem midseason and make the defensive coordinator Matt Patricia. Am I sold on that being the case? Was, do I think there wasn't a suggestion from up above that maybe we could change something along the way? I, I'm sorry, Joe. Those kinds of things don't happen in a vacuum. Right. You don't go in and say you're fired and then I'll let the administration know later on. This is what I'm doing.
2: Everything about it's bizarre and they're not letting anything out. So maybe one day we'll get the answers. Maybe we won't. But Philadelphia, like I mean, in spectacular fashion, figured out how to flush all their goodwill in less than a season. That's just shocking to me that you can go to a impressive. Super Bowl. It's extremely impressive because they're kind of beating their own record. They won the Super Bowl a few years back and they flushed all that goodwill in about two seasons. I I, the, I thought the Phillies moved pretty quick to flush the goodwill. That was about five years. Um, The, the Eagles topped that dramatically. You're going to go into this year. The problem with Sirianni is, again, back to the point that we've been hitting on. I, you oversaw this collapse and you had nothing. And you're not an offensive coordinator. You're not a defensive coordinator. You're not calling either. Your job is a CEO. You manage the operation. So when the the ship is sinking, what answers do you have? He had none. I mean, Mike Tomlin showed us he could steady the ship. Sean McDermott showed us he could steady the ship. Hell, everyone had every reason to quit for the New York Giants this year, and Daybull eked out some wins late in the season. The Green Bay Packers were toiling away with an awful season and then turned it on during the second half of the year as Matt LaFleur got them better and better and better. Right, Doug Peterson fell apart. He hasn't had any answers for us. There are coaches who are in that role because they are leaders. They understand how to handle the, the the rocky seas. Sirianni showed he had no idea what he was doing. Hopefully, he learns from it for all Philadelphia fans because his first foray into adversity could not have gone worse.
1: We asked this question to Kevin Clark yesterday. I'm going to ask the same thing to you. Which coach? is most pre-fired next year? Is it Sirianni? Is it McCarthy? Is it McDermott? Who is most pre-fired?
2: Of that list, I have McDermott third for sure. I don't think he's pre-fired. I think he's fine.
1: Is there anybody else on the list that I
2: left off? Um... Robert, oh yeah, Wilner just jumped in with Robert Sala. Robert Sala. <laughs> I mean, you figure you're gonna let that go. He's not most pre-fired unless they start like Owen six or Rodgers gets hurt right away. Because yeah. they're gonna give him yeah. a chance to see what happens with Rodgers. You don't think that could happen again? It could. It certainly could. But I'd say he has more, more, more width, more latitude. See, like I, the Cowboys are always good in the regular season under Mike. So he's pre-fired for sure. But I think that happens later in the year. I think it's Sirianni. Sirianni's the guy because it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Eagles came out, stumbled early, and then everyone went wild with that. What about Matt Eberflus? I didn't get that. Oh, there's Siri. I can't talk about Sirianni without this damn thing lighting up. (laughs) I wonder how much that happens in his life. Like, does he not use Apple products because the Siri thing is just too much to deal with when your name is Nick Sirianni? It must be. Like, that thing's got to be lighting up all day.
1: And it's an Android guy, and then got to uh, be, yeah, my God.
2: Or could be an Apple guy, and it's an all-time endorsement. See, there you go, Sirianni. While you're presiding over the collapse at the end of the season, we're getting you endorsement deals.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden, people in Philadelphia, instead of Siri, are asking, "Hey, Sirianni, <laughs> how long is it going to take me to get across the Walt Whitman Bridge today?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there anybody else that you would look at? As
2: pre-fired. Uh, as Eber uh yeah, handman no, just No, Amber can't be pre-fired. Why not? He can't bring him back and draft Caleb Williams and then have him pre-fired. Plus, the Bears don't fire coaches during the season. Is Dennis Allen pre-fired? Oh, well, he's already been fired as far as I know. <laughs> I think he's just there because they're just throwing the year away. He's, yeah, he is. There's no Can, way that that's serious. Sneaky name to watch in the NFC East while you guys are watching Sirianni and McCarthy. Brian Dable, speaking of guys who like gave back all of the goodwill they built up yeah. last year, you look at some of the things that went on there, you read some of the things going on in house with the way he's treating people. Wink Martindale left their defensive coordinator. I think I, I know the Giants also don't fire coaches in season, but it feels like Brian Dable has to get to the playoffs next year or he's gone after three years. They just, just need to be they need to be competent next year. They need to be a competent football team that goes out and competes. They can't be this – was, this was a sloppy year. Very sloppy.
1: Joe, it's a good lesson for the kids out there. Treat people well.
2: I got, I got one more for you. Mm. They hire, haven't hired him yet, but whoever's in Carolina is already pre-fired. <laughs> like, that guy signing that contract knowing he's got about three games. As
1: long as the the whole contract is guaranteed, I'm good.
2: (laughs) Yeah, as soon as you sign, you're like, "All right, I don't know how long I'm going to be here, but that money's guaranteed." Exactly. Where's the morals clause? I just need to make sure I don't violate this, and all of this money is mine.
1: Next thing you know, he's trying to make the the owners trying to get out of the money by getting some pictures doctored, and I'm in a strip club. (laughs) You know. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Don't forget, the NBA is on ESPN Radio, Thursday, 7 p.m. It is the Celtics visiting the Miami Heat, who just got Terry Rozier today, and Philly visiting Denver, Saturday, 5 p.m. on ESPN Radio. Speaking of the NBA, we're going NBA to Z in just moments, and that will include some good news in Philly today. It's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. A huge night on the hardwood.
1: Up the floor, James hammers the right hand dunk.
0: Let's get caught up with Carlin versus Joe's NB, A to Z.
1: Let's do it, baby, because there's a lot going on in the NBA, in case you haven't been paying attention. Carla versus Joe, and we'll start down in Miami. The Miami Heat. Here's the deal with the Miami Heat. Joe, today they are acquiring Terry Rozier from the Hornets in exchange for a 2027 first-round pick and Kyle Lowry. That's what sources tell Woj. Now, the pick is lottery-protected in 2027, and unprotected if it moves to 2028 biggest deal here is the heat are able to get kyle lowry off their books and the hornets in return are getting the first round pick and lowry's contract is expiring at the end of the year
2: i don't think people realize how great of a deal this is for miami And once again, if Miami's going to get involved in a deal, it's normally because they're going to have an edge. Terry Rozier, people may not be familiar with him because he's been toiling away in Charlotte. Well, this season in 30 games, and keep in mind, he's 29 years old. It's not like he's over the hill. 23 points, four rebounds, six and a half assists per game. Dude can play. That's some legitimate youthful firepower joining Miami in exchange for Kyle Lowry, who great career, but well past his prime. Like this heat team started slow. They've been very quietly working their way up the rankings. Can't wait to see how they perform in the finishing kick.
1: Now, the thought was maybe uh, that the Hornets would go the buyout route with Lowry. Uh, according to Woj, no immediately plans for that. Uh, no immediate plans for that. Maybe look to trade him again. Again, expiring contract. Uh, the deadline is February the eighth. That is the trade deadline this year. Some of the other action last night drives it down the lane. Left hand lamp. It's up and good. Seventy points for a B. Joel Embiid with 70. That is a new Sixers record. That is uh, 97.5, the Fanatic, down in Philly. He had 25 in the third quarter, 59 after three quarters. Of course, he broke the record of Wilt, and we're going to be talking about him an awful lot when it comes to the second MVP in a row for Embiid. The question though, Joe, is, will he be healthy enough the rest of the way? Can only miss seven games of the final 40 to be above that league threshold of 65 games played.
2: As a Sixer fan, it was awesome to see. And then they flashed the graphic of highest scoring game performances in Sixers history towards the end. And you see Wilt at the top. And I mean, I'm 43. I didn't watch a whole lot of Wilt Chamberlain live. You know, I'm not sure if people realize that, but I did watch a lot of Allen Iverson and I saw him on that list. And those were my favorite memories of Sixers teams ever. That 001 team was just an absolute joy to watch throughout the course of the season. So shout out to Joel. They've got the. the it's amazing what happens when you don't have dysfunction. It's amazing what happens when you don't have dysfunction.
1: No more drama. Mary J. That's what the Sixers are. And at the same time. Uh, They are, you've got Embiid now who is leading the league in scoring at 36 per game. Another historic night. All of this, by the way, uh, on the heels of rather on the anniversary of Kobe Bryant scoring 81 points. I believe that was 17 years ago. Cat got after it, too.
2: Towns rumbles down the lane to the cup. He got an easy bucket there, and he's up to 62. A new career high for Carl Anthony Towns.
1: Unfortunately, the T-Wolves lost. That was KFAN in Minneapolis. Yeah, he had 62, but Chris Finch absolutely blew the doors off his team after the game. Keep in mind, in in case you are one of the folks that just starts paying attention to the NBA right around this time when football's wrapping up. The Minnesota Timberwolves are the top seed in the Western Conference right now.
2: Mini one, OKC two. And they just had a meeting the other night that was very competitive. Those are two teams you wanna keep an eye on. Minnesota number one in defensive efficiency. Defense matters when we get to the postseason. This game last night though, who cares? Like, who cares? If you watch what they were doing, they're feeding Carl Anthony Towns the ball so he can chase this milestone, whatever it is. And meanwhile, the garbage Hornets are beating them in the game. Minnesota was a 14 point favorite. If you're a number one seed, you don't lose games like this because you're too busy chasing selfish, individual achievements. And the head coach talked about it after the game. That is ridiculously embarrassing because all those numbers were put up early in the game. And when they needed Carl Anthony Towns late, he turned the ball over in a huge spot. They only had four of those 62 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, like, great. Great glamour <laughs> stats there, but, like, you
1: got to win the game, dude. They got outscored as a team 36-18 in that fourth quarter. They lose 125-122. to Bounces to KD. Pull-up jumper at the buzzer. He got it! Kevin Durant! Still 1.6 seconds left, but the Suns take the two-point lead. Arizona sports 98.7. The Suns come all the way back. They were down 23 in that game, and they win it. You know, with 1.1 left officially, Durant gets it done. Durant is currently fifth in the league in scoring at 30 per game this season. Suns outscored the Bulls by nine in the fourth quarter. Durant had 17 in that fourth quarter
2: sun's starting to heat up a little bit they've climbed up to the five seed as of right now 25 and 18 they're five games off the pace of the minnesota timberwolves they've won seven of their last 10 this is going to be one of the big stories in the nba as we transition off of the nfl when a lot of people start to wake up and say all right time to dig into the association what do we got they're going to think about hey kevin durant devin booker bradley beal how's that working out As of late, it's been much better, but there's still plenty of room to go. And Durant, as he starts to get up there in age, you got to wonder, is he going to make another run at this thing? Because the playoffs are much better with him in it. Watching him with Golden State was incredible during those playoff runs. Watching him with OKC was incredible during those playoff runs. We'd like to see it again. It's all been on hiatus due to the injury and the troubles in Brooklyn, and then they flamed out last year. I'd like to see his team put a run together this season.
1: Joseph, in moments, we are going to close the door on the Buffalo Bills season. But the bigger question is, has the window closed for Buffalo? That's next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio.
0: Find the top products and quantities you need when you need them. Lowe's Knows Pros. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Marlon versus Joe. Pizza money alert.
2: Pizza, pizza. Hockey, let's get after it here. It's the Rangers on the puck line tonight, which means they need to win by two or more. We're laying one and a half goals, so we need to win by two or more. Price is minus 130. They're in San Jose taking on the Sharks. Final game of a four-game West Coast swing that hasn't gone great for the Rangers, so I'm thinking they want to close strong here. More importantly, though, it's about the spot. San Jose's playing their third game in four nights, and it's the second half of a back-to-back after they beat the Kings, I believe, in overtime last night. Dead legs. Rangers take advantage. Pizza money number two. Rangers puck line minus 130 over the Sharks.
0: Garland versus Joe.
1: Breaking news.
2: How about
1: this? Holy crap. The Milwaukee Bucks have dismissed head coach Adrian Griffin. What? According to Woj. The Bucks are 30-13 and and they have fired
2: Adrian Griffin. And he, by the way, for those who are just getting brought up to speed, they just hired him this year. Yes. They fired Bud after the end of last season when they flamed out against Miami. They decided they needed to replace the head coach. They brought this guy in. They gave him, what is it, 43 games? He went 43 games. 43 games. He goes 30 and 13 and they
1: fire him? They are in second place in the Eastern Conference.
2: Behind the Celtics, who are a wagon in the regular season. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What is going on here? So the problem for the Bucs this year, if there's been a problem, which, I mean, we're really nitpicking if the Bucs have a problem, but this season offensively they've been as good as ever by most metrics. They're number two in the NBA in offensive rating. Where they've taken the slip is their defensive rating, 22nd in the NBA. That's important to note. Because 23 of the last 25 NBA champions have ranked in the top 10 in defensive efficiency. You cannot win championships at the highest level in the NBA without a solid defense. It doesn't need to be the best. It doesn't need to be the Pistons from the early aughts. But you've got to be respectable. Your offense is your floor in this era of the NBA.
1: Well, let's look at a couple of things here. Okay, why is their defense worse? Because they brought in... uh, Damian Lillard, who is not a defensive guy at all, and out the door was Drew Holiday. I mean, who is a, tremendously, is a defensive guy? tremendously tough defensive guy. So that's part of it, too. Joe, I got to tell you, think back a few months when all of this happened. We remember that the Bucks interviewed Nick Nurse and then said, eh, we're good, and Nick Nurse pulled his name out of consideration. Now, at the time, we had people from the Bucks kind of reaching out like, yeah, we had decided, you know, we don't necessarily want Nick Nurse to be our guy. You know what? You screwed that up. And if we remember, Giannis signed that extension. So Giannis is the one calling the shots here. And Giannis is looking around, I'm sure, in this instance and saying, this guy this is not my kind of guy because Giannis had to be on board with the hiring of Adrian Griffin when this happened. So I'm sure Giannis and Lillard both looked at this. If you're sitting at 30 and 13, but you know, something's wrong. Those two are not at the points in their career where they are sitting around and waiting to see how it
2: plays out. Do you think it was a matter of this guy being in over his head? Essentially like they're winning games, but in the NBA during the regular season, you can pull out some wins on talent. Like, they have enough talent where you might not need the best possible coaching to get past, oh, I don't know, Detroit on a Tuesday night, right? Like, you can win games with Giannis and Lillard going out and being Giannis and Lillard. That team is stacked. But do you think behind the scenes, this ultimately was a situation where these guys understood what it was like to get top-level coaching. Coach Bud, for example, went to the NBA Finals, or at least what? He didn't go to the Finals with the Hawks, but he was the one seed when he was with the Hawks, if I'm not mistaken. No, he won
1: the championship with the Hawks, Budenholzer. The Hawks won the championship? I'm oh, not the Hawks.
2: I'm sorry. I'm the Bucks. I
1: was, that's what yeah. I was thinking. But wait, wait. Yes. he had a
2: ton of success with the Bucks, but he yes. also was the coach the in Bucks. Atlanta and got a one seed with them the one year. Now, they didn't make it to the final. LeBron took him out. Right. But he had a lot of success with that franchise as well. He's so a good coach. the idea is. Giannis was under him long enough to understand what top-level coaching's like. If they needed to part ways, fine. But do you think they got to look at what was happening this season and said, this just isn't going to be it? We are not going to be able to compete at the highest level in the Eastern Conference playoffs with this guy handling the X's and O's.
1: You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when the Knicks had hired Don Nelson and they fired him like 45 games into the season, even though they weren't terrible. Like they could look at it and say, this is not the guy. This is not the guy. Cavs fired David Blatt, replaced him with Ty Lue, went on, won the championship
2: twenty sixteen. A lot of a lot of that probably goes to LeBron. I'd have to I'm just gonna throw that out there. Isn't Giannis the same though? In terms, terms of, of the, the same, impact and in it's terms the same of having level, that juice, it's the same level of juice. I mean, once, like to Carlin's point, once you give him that contract, yeah, there's he's calling the shots. No one else is in charge of it. You don't make this decision without sitting down with him and talking to him about this multiple times. And Lillard probably has some say here as well. Who's available? Who's coming in? Like, this is obviously a, a very attractive job. I mean, do we start throwing the Van Gundy name out there? I mean, that's the first one that comes to mind. Is it Van oh Gundy? Oh, God. They're planning to quickly pursue... There you Uh, go. Why don't you read that one out? Oh, Do I have to?
1: Yes, you do. The Bucs are planning to quickly pursue a small pool of accomplished and available veteran head coaches with Doc Rivers near the top of the list.
2: Well, Rivers has... Let's start with the fact that he's won a championship. It's a long time ago, man. It was. And the Sixers seem to be thriving a little bit this year. But you do have to also think to yourself... How many great options are just sitting out there right now? I understand. This is why that. you needed to nail this in the off season. What's I, the Zen Master doing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be something? He's at a Breaking diner news. somewhere in
1: Iowa on shrooms. Bill Jackson.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we are kidding, by the way, friend. We are
1: Perfuss joking. In. we are joking. We are joking.
2: Yes, but that would be something,
1: and not unexpected. Get anyway. Nelly out of
2: Hawaii. Yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, where else are you going to go? You're going to go get Nelly, who's hanging out with Willie Nelson? Like, he legitimately is hanging out with Willie Nelson. You're going to go get, you know, Jeff Van Gundy is working as an assistant. You're going to go bring him in? Like, where are you going? Are you going to go bring
2: Bud back? Ah, that looks... See, that's where Looks the, ego, terrible. That's where the that. ego comes into play. Like, that might actually be one of the best moves you could make, but then ego comes into play there. Like, can you admit you were wrong? And then when you do something like that, how do you as a general manager sell that to ownership? Yeah, no, we screwed this up so bad. I mean, you're still 30 and 13. Like, you're in prime positioning here.
1: No, we can make Bud the brand-new Billy Martin. You know, that's basically what you <laughs> doing. Billy Martin. But,
2: Billy Martin. I mean, they're only three and a half back of Boston. They're a half game up on Philadelphia. I, when was the last time we saw something to this magnitude? 30 and 13 and the coach is gone. In his first year on the job. Like, think about what was going on behind the scenes to necessitate this. I I refuse to believe that, you know, it was well, just some some minor growing pains and they couldn't work their way through it.
1: Okay, well, think about this for a second then. Is it... I don't want to, I'm not casting any aspersions here. Maybe there is something going on behind closed doors there too. And I, hopefully that's not the case. Well,
2: should something like that come to light, then it's like, okay, it, then this is obviously the reason. Yes. Yeah. But it, we'll, yeah. we'll operate as if that's not what's happening right. here.
1: Because that, there's no indication, like from Woj, you would get some sort of a sense that something might be going on in that regard. It seems like they're just unhappy with where the basketball is headed and that's really amazing to believe after 30 and 13 but you have got two guys with a high level of urgency on winning a championship especially Lillard now that you brought him in and now you're going to make that change I mean it better be really wrong going on behind the scenes.
2: You got to figure, like, do you think there was a flex here to the point of one of these guys sitting down with, with ownership, front office, whatever it may be, saying something to the extent of, look, if he's not out of here, yeah. I'm requesting a trade. Because you know Absolutely. that's how this stuff works in the NBA. Oh, there's no question that's like, the what The players happened. have a ton of power here.
1: There, there's, there's no question that's what happened. Why would it be otherwise? Like, what if you're an owner outside of doing something stupid off the court or really rubbing people the wrong way, what would drive you to do this? It's a player's league. We talk about it all the time. It is a player's league. They have been more empowered than ever. Of course, these two unbelievable superstars are going to have not a lot of say. The final say in what happens in this instance. And I I keep going back to this. They had to have gone to Giannis with the plan to hire him because he had not signed the extension yet, and they were not going to screw that up. So once he signed the extension, if Giannis decided
2: he wanted him out, he was going to be out. Eastern Conference, if the Bucs are in trouble and they don't get this right, Philadelphia 12 to 1 to win it all, plus 550 to win the east. Playing pretty well this season. Oh, Is this the you. year they I'm telling you they've been sucking me back in. I said I wouldn't do it and but now it, they got me. It's like a rat in a trap. They got me. It's like an annual tradition with you people. Yeah. We're
1: back what? in. Once the football season ends, you're looking around with desperation. It's 2 a.m. and the bar's about to close down. Give it the Sixers.
0: Thanks for listening to the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin vs. Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin vs. Joe podcast.